Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome back, my friends, to the show that never ends. We're so glad you could attend. Come inside, come inside. Stand behind the glass, there's a real blade of grass. Be careful as you pass. Who knows who's lurking behind the halls of Seth and Sean Sports Radio? Well, one thing is for certain. I am back from Minnesota. I am healthy. I did not get injured, as Seth alluded to on Facebook just a couple of minutes ago. But it is cold outside, and it's cold in Minnesota, too. Welcome back to the show, everybody. 72 degrees in New York on Friday and Saturday. Definitely looking forward to that. Seth Kamen's in kind of zombie land this week. This is... This is the last week before the big April 15th deadline. And for those that have listened to the show off and on throughout the years, they know Seth is very sleep-deprived and kind of, eh, there. Hi, Seth. Hi, Sean. Yep. uh, Yeah, Uh, sleep-deprived, you know, burning the midnight oil, kind of whatever you want to put it. Also, it's not the most exciting week in sports for me. Most of my most of my stuff is now done. Um, you know, I'm happy for your Mets, but come on, it's like ten games in. Um, I was so kind of a quiet week for Mets. me in regards to the sports world. Wasn't even wasn't even going to the Mets, but very happy about them. I did have the experience going curling though. So for those that watch the Olympics and see these beer gutted guys curl, which is basically shuffleboard on ice with your hand, or it's a combination between like shuffleboard and bag toss and actually sweeping. Um, you push a 55 pound rock across the ice. I did not get hurt and I did not Good. even fall, which I have to say is, is monumental in that I did not fall. Everybody else in the, in the group fell and we did have one casualty who wound up with four stitches right above his eye. Jesus Christ. Yep, yep, yep. And Brian George, welcome to the historical injury club of having four stitches while curling. And the funny thing was, he really wasn't even curling. He was pulling up his pants. <laughs> If you're trying to make them sound better, I, I, I'm not sure that's working. So curling, for those that watch on TV, you have the guy that lets go of the rock, which is 55 pounds on the ice, and that is not easy because you actually have to balance yourself when you go onto the ice because you're basically gliding on one knee. Then you have the sweepers, right? And we all think the sweeping is, is kind of important and really good, and really a cool thing to do. So I have found Mm. one of two things. I found a couple of things out while curling this week. Number one, you cannot slow down the rock. No amount of sweeping 
towards the rock will slow it down. You cannot curl the rock using your sweeping. The only thing that sweeping is good for is if you are short. So if you'd like to gain more momentum or, or a smoother surface so it will go further. It can, you can actually sweep and extend the rock or extend the throw about 15 feet, which is kind of impressive, 15 additional feet. But other than that, sweeping is stupid, not necessary. And for those that are first-time curlers, we're either very, very short on the throw or very, very long on the throw, and sweeping meant nothing. So Brian went down, and he's sweeping. And imagine a six-foot-one, 275-pound guy on well, maybe a little less, 240, on the ice, big, broad guy, sweeping like we would – I don't even – there's a uh, – I'm trying to think of the movie where he sweeps and do, 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 um, it's in the movie Stomp the Yard. You guys probably haven't even seen it. But anyway, the fact is he's sweeping, and as he's sweeping, he realizes his pants are falling down. So he picks up his pants, loses his balance, falls on his shoulder, and his head knocks against the ice. Four stitches later, we're on the way to the birthday party. Awesome. But it was pretty cool, and if you have the opportunity to do such, busy season, of course, I highly recommend doing it. It was a lot of fun. It's high on my priority list after climbing Mount Kilimanjaro, um, <laughs> going to the hiking to the Machu Picchu, and going whitewater rafting down the Zambezi. Okay, so so it's after those, but before what? So we say jumping off a 97-story building? Before uh, attending a Pro Bowlers Tour event. Okay, excellent. Excellent. So... So this week has been the start of the Major League Baseball season. We, we just acknowledge that the Mets have done very well. And believe it or not, the last two times that the Mets have won the 10 out of their first, I think, 12 games, they've gone to the playoffs. So, woohoo for me. But let's talk a little bit about the Yankees and Giancarlo Stanton striking out five times in consecutive games. And already the Yankee faithful are turning on it. That doesn't say much for the fan base, Seth. Now, welcome to the welcome to the Bronx, uh, Mike or Giancarlo. Um, yeah, the two five strikeout games is going to do that for you. Now it's early; it's too early to follow baseball. It's too early to watch baseball. It's too early to be concerned about baseball. It's too early for baseball. And meanwhile, I have all my. Oh, and meanwhile, I have the Mets on the TV right now. Well, I'm happy for you. I mean, your Islanders are are apparently going to re-sign their coach and uh, Doug Waite and Garth Snow, which seems uh, brilliant considering how well they've done over the last few years. You are looking at your best pl- your franchise player potentially um, leaving. Yeah. I mean, if I were you, I'd be following baseball right now also. 
Your five-star recruit is going to the G League. The Knicks are have one game left in the season. Yeah, Thankfully. Uh, if I Mercifully, the Mets have only one more. Uh, sorry, mercifully, the Knicks only have one more game in the season because it's ridiculous. I mean, everything about it. But the Mets are up one nothing after two. So I'll, I'll hold on to that for just a little bit of time. But we did make uh, selections at the beginning of the year for the NHL. And the NHL will make our NBA playoff selections next week. And then following that, we have our draft preview which we know is one of our favorite times, our favorite games, and our favorite times that we look at the draft and we say, we blew it, because we blow it every year. I think one year I got like in the high 90 percentile, and I was like, oh, yeah, I'm good, I'm good, I'm good, and I, got, I think I got like 45 the next year. So the draft yeah. is as much a crap for me as it is for everybody else. The same thing like for the NCAA tournament with Seth this year, right? This year he gets, like, 94th percentile. <clears throat> but last year, not so good. And next year, probably not so good. Because it's all a game of chance. So we did give our, NBA, our NHL previews, and now we have some playoffs going on. And your Devils, unfortunately, drew the Tampa Bay Lightning in the first Round the top, the number one seed versus the number eight seed. You think the Devils have it? You think the Devils are going to win a game? And if they do win a game, how many do you think they'll win in the one. first round? They'll win a game. So light, lightning and five. Lightning and five. Although ironically, okay, the I Devils. Take... The, uh, the Devils are actually three and zero against Tampa this year. So. Yes. Weirder things have happened. Which is, which is why I will take the Lightning in six. I think they will take two games. Okay, moving on. The, the battle for Pennsylvania, the Pittsburgh Penguins versus the Philadelphia Flyers. When am I ever going to take Philly to win anything? Although I guess this, if there's ever been a year, this is probably it. But... It's still Pittsburgh until it's not. Look, in 2018, Philadelphia is two for two. They are? So, yeah. Except for the Australian Open. They're two for two. Okay. I will uh, I will take Pittsburgh as well. I'm actually going to take Pittsburgh in a sweep. I think they'll win in four games. Boston and Toronto. Probably my favorite series of the first round. Kind of a kind of a push kind of game, um, push kind of series. Excuse me. I'll go Toronto in seven. Okay, and I will take Toronto in seven as well. And then we have Washington, the perennial. Um, how do I say it? Lackluster performance in the playoffs against Columbus, who came on very strong throughout the rest of, uh, since the trade deadline, since acquiring Thomas Vanek. So do you have Washington or Columbus in the first round? I'll go with Washington. It's the first round. I can still take Washington. (laughs) Okay. I am going to take Columbus, and I'm going to end the Washington, D.C. faithful early. And I will take the Blue Jackets in seven games. 
I just think that that it's just not going to happen. Okay, so that was the one versus. So we got all of those teams. Now we go to the Western Conference. The Nashville Predators versus the Colorado Avalanche. Predators are the best team in the league. I will go with Nashville. Now, how many games of either the Nashville Predators or the Colorado Avalanche have you won this? Have you watched this year? I see. Well, is this year a count? No, probably not one. Okay. Uh, I will take Nashville as well. I will take them in five games. Winnipeg, who by far has the best logo in hockey, is tremendous. With the Jet and the Maple Leaf, I love it every time I see it. Against Minnesota. So the central number two versus the central number three. When did Winnipeg become relevant again? This year. And and, and they've been relevant in the last 15 years? Even when they were in Atlanta? So they got one year. No, so they got some really good draft picks that came through, uh, starting with Paul, um, uh, Patrick Lane. Patrick Lane, sure. I believe, finished second or Patrick uh, finished second or third in goals with forty four this year. Uh, they have Blake Wheeler, Dustin. I can never f- pronounce this guy's name. In the defense, Jacob Troba, and uh, who's their center? Oh, Mark Sheffley. And this year they actually made an acquisition at the trade deadline in Paul Stastny. So they are a legitimate team. And being – so they are the Central 2 versus Minnesota's Wilds number 3. I think with Ryan Suter being hurt, I don't think there's any shot that Minnesota wins this this series. I will pick Winnipeg in six. That was going to be my feeling as well. Once Suter was out – Winnipeg, to me, became a more definitive favorite. I'll take Winnipeg in six as well. Okay. Las Vegas, the Golden Child, Pacific number one, or the Golden Knights, against the Kings. And I'm telling you, this is the playoff upset to me. I think the Kings win this. I think they win it in six. It's kind of hard to see. Any any time an expansion team is upset by one of the two most most dominant uh, franchises in the last five to six years, um, or last ten years, I should say. But I will go with Vegas to keep it rolling. Vegas and six. <laughs> okay, and Anaheim versus San Jose in the Battle of California. Um, I'll go with. <laughs> Also ran versus also ran. Um, I'll go with San Jose in seven. San Jose in seven. Okay, I will go with Anaheim in seven. So we have Anaheim versus you have Vegas. And I have Anaheim versus the Kings, which is a battle of just L.A. Oh, sorry, you have San Jose versus Vegas, and I have Anaheim versus the Kings. Uh, and I will take Anaheim over the Kings. Do you have Vegas or San Jose? I'll go with San Jose. Okay, and we both have Winnipeg and Nashville, and I will take uh, Nashville over Winnipeg. As well as will I. Okay, so now we go to the U of the Capitals, and I have the Blue Jackets, and we both have Pittsburgh. Uh, will you take the Capitals to beat Pittsburgh? No. 
Would anybody take the Capitals to beat Pittsburgh? I'm sh- Look, the Capitals were the number one team in the Metro League, and Pittsburgh was number two. So the Capitals are actually the favorite in that series. Sean, just say I may not watch that much hockey anymore, but I'm pretty damn sure that the Caps, under no circumstances, will ever be favored over the Penguins in a playoff series. You know, it would be interesting, however, as this would be the year of – see, do you think – well, here's a better question. Do you think Alex Ovechkin will ever win a Stanley Cup? Yes. With the Capitals? No. Okay. So Alex Ovechkin is on a 10-year contract. He just True. finished – he just had his 500th goal. No, his 600th goal, I think it was. And so he's got at least four more years in Washington. So you think that he'll be one of those guys like Ray Bork that at the end of his be, career he'll just go he's somewhere be, else? He's going, to be Ray, he's going to be the Ray Bork with Colorado against the Devils in 2000. He'll okay. be the 39-year-old grizzled vet who's going to make one last run with some team, whoever it is. And he'll win his championship, but it won't mean a damn thing because he didn't really win it with his team. Wow, that's, uh, you know, that's really pessimistic and cynical. I mean, there, we talk about bad contracts over the years and, and these nine- and ten-year contracts that are so bad. And I have to tell you, of all the contracts, Ovi's pan out the best. I mean, yeah. he led the league again in, in goals. He's 49. He has 607 goals in his career. He's averaged probably – where's the career average? Oh, it's not on here. So 607 goals, and he's played how many years? 12 years. So let's do the math. 45 goals? 50, 50 goals would be six. No, he's averaged 50 goals in 12 years, 600. He's averaged 50 goals a year, and he's still got like four or five years. He's definitely turned out of all the contracts in all sports. He's gotten the best 10-year contract of anybody. The team's gotten the best out of that. Nobody has had – no Russian hockey players has done better with their contract than Ovechkin. Well, how many Russian players – well, you know, Evgeny Malkin's going to come close. That but is true. Your guy wasn't Kovalchuk, really where I was going guy, with it, your, But your guy, Ilya Kovalchuk, not so much. That's where I was going with it. By the way, did you hear the rumor of Ilya Kovalchuk? Now what? So there are reports he has already agreed to a three-year, $18 million contract starting next year with your favorite and mine, the New York Rangers. <laughs> I hope Andy Green knocks him on his ass about 37 times. Now, the interesting thing with Kovalchuk, for those that have not been following hockey as, as long as, obviously, Seth and myself have, he signed a 10-year deal with the Devils and then said, I want out. And I don't necessarily want out with the, with the de- to another NHL team. I want out, and I want to go to the KHL. So, the Continental Hockey League, which is the Russian Hockey League, and the NHL let him out. But they said, you can't come back until that contract is completely done. 
So he's been gone about five years now, four or five years. Give or take. And, and it runs out this year. So before this year, he would have had to go through waivers so any other team could pick him up. And this is the first year that he is able to be a free agent. And, of course, I find it interesting because the Rangers are the team that gave up, right? The Rangers are the team that they, uh, I remember the Chicago White Sox white flag trade that they made, which was like yep. Roberto Hernandez and Danny Darwin and Keith Folk. Like we're talking, I think it was 87 or 88 was the white flag trade, which basically meant at the trade deadline, they were two games behind the division, and they traded pretty much every good pitcher that they had for prospects. And they said, look, we weren't going to win anyway, so we raised the white flag and we got some players for the future. And the Rangers did very much a similar thing this year, and now they're looking to sign a 35-year-old guy. That just kind of feels very stupid even saying it, doesn't it? Yeah, it, it feels like the Rangers and the Knicks are doing what they've always done is let's go get the biggest let's go get the biggest guy, no matter how old he is, and let's sign him to a three or a four year deal because he'll be good today. Sounds very sounds very much like Rick Nash. He's good today. But in two years this guy's gonna be awful. And he's gonna be a weight on the entire system. But that's where they went with it. Okay, so so you have the uh, sorry, so you have the Penguins over the Capitals, and I have Columbus over the Penguins. I really like Columbus. Okay, so you have the Bruins, and I have the Maple Leafs. We both have Tampa Bay. So do you think Boston beats Tampa Bay? No. Okay. No, I don't. And I do not. And I do not believe Toronto beats Tampa Bay. I think they're one year away from that. I think next year they definitely could. So we have Tampa Bay versus Pittsburgh for you and Columbus for me. I will uh, stick with Columbus, and I'm going to have Columbus in the Stanley Cup Finals. I will go Tampa-Pittsburgh, and I will have Tampa beating Pittsburgh this year. Okay, so you have Tampa – and then we go to the other side where you have Vegas and Nashville. So you had Nashville. I had Nashville as well. So I have Nashville against Columbus in a battle of the expansion teams, which would be really cool for hockey, but really awful for television. I mean, I yeah. love Columbus to play Nashville, but – I'll tell you, your matchup ain't that much better for the TV. Tampa no, Bay versus Nashville. Tampa Bay-Nashville is a disaster. All right, so who do you have winning, Nashville or Tampa Bay? Nashville. And I will take Nashville as well. So an interesting saga of the NHL coming to a close. And those playoffs start this week. And next week we have the NBA playoffs. An interesting bit on ESPN that I wanted to ask you about. So tomorrow signifies the end of the NBA season, and it makes us look back on a couple of the trades that took place at the beginning of the NBA season. 
And the biggest trade that took place was Paul George going to Oklahoma State for Victor Oladipo and for um, Arvidas uh, Sabonis' son, who I don't remember his, last, his first name, but Sabonis. Sabonis led the team in rebounds with seven and a half. Oladipo averaged 23 points a game. And at the time, we said, oh, Paul George, there were so many better offers and whatnot. And so their third going into tomorrow, which they pretty much solidified the third seed. And Oklahoma City is still fighting for a playoff spot, although I think they're going to succeed and get the seventh seed. Did Indiana actually win this trade? Yeah, they did. Because so if if Paul George signs, does Indiana still win the trade? Don't know if they win it, but they certainly don't really lose it. Um, okay. They're gonna have. I mean, Oladipo is not signed a particularly cheap contract. Sabonis is on a is on a rookie contract. So if Correct. Oklahoma resign, if Oklahoma resigns George, it's going to be thirty million a year. I'm assuming. Yes. I think Indiana won the deal. You know, Oladipo looks like he's going to be a superstar in Indiana. Sabonis is very serviceable. Oladipo has a lot less tread on the tires. You know, Sabonis is young. I mean, this you know, Indiana, I'll tell you, has done an amazing job. Talk about a team nobody has talked about and nobody thought would even be remotely interesting this year. And, you know, this is a team that's going to be the five seed. Now, do I think they can beat any of the four seeds? No. But... You know, all props to them. Because nobody, you know, we knew there would be one team that would come out of nowhere. I don't think anyone really figured it would be them. No, but let's look at this from the India, from the from the Oklahoma City side, okay? And uh-huh. I'm with you. I think that I, I think there's no way that Indiana, at, looking back on it, loses this trade. But I also think there's no way that Oklahoma City could have coexisted with Victor Oladipo. This Victor Oladipo Not for him never, would have come, never would have come out in Oklahoma City. And he probably would not have – they probably would not have uh, – they would have traded him somewhere else. And they probably wouldn't have gotten a quality player like Paul George to begin with. Fair enough. This Victor Oladipo is basically a, a – it's, it's hard to say anybody is a light of Russell Westbrook, but he's a Russell Westbrook light. He's the exact same player. He's got to, t- he's got to play with the ball in his hands. He has to dish it when he wants it, and he has to control the game. And he can do that in Indiana, and he never, ever was going to be able to do that in Oklahoma City. By virtue of this trade as well, Oklahoma City – I don't believe Russell Westbrook re-signs with Oklahoma City if it's Victor Oladipo and Devontae Sabonis. That could very well be true. So, and then you don't get Carmelo, and I'm not saying Carmelo was a great trade for them because I still think it was an awful trade for anybody. The guy still can't <laughs> play defense. 
Look, you know I, have a, I, I am a biased guy towards Carmelo. But I am also a very realistic player and a realistic fan and have been for a very long time. Now, Carmelo Anthony is not a good defender. In New York, he never gave a crap about defense. And he's not a good sharer of the ball. So, he's done. So, we said three things. We said he's not a good defender, he doesn't care about defense, and he's not a sharer of the ball. Okay, number three, he has overcome this year. I give him a lot of credit for saying, for putting his ego in check and saying, I'll do what it takes to win. But as far as number one and number two, now I know you don't watch NBA regular season, but I believe you do watch NBA playoffs. Is that correct? Yeah. I watched, I watched a bit more uh, regular season than, than typical this year. Okay, Why? Why? Yeah, I'm just curious why. Why this year? Other than the fact that you have a TV in your office. I do have a TV in my office, but that has only been helpful really now during busy season. Um, and it is nice having a 50-inch flat screen. I'm not going to lie to you. But uh, more because my wife goes to sleep at around 10, 30, 11 o'clock, and I am not ready to go to bed. And I need something I can watch with no volume that doesn't wake up the kid. And the NBA, is you generally get the West Coast game. Yeah. So you got whatever that is, wherever that is. Okay. Yep. So you've seen a lot more NBA than I have. So you've probably seen a lot more Carmelo Anthony than I have because he's been on a lot of TV. But his defense really hasn't gotten much better, and I think that will be exploited in the playoffs a lot more. I think he'll actually be more valuable in the playoffs because it's a much slower type game. But come crunch time, it's going to be very interesting to see how Billy Donovan, and I keep remembering Billy Donovan as the coach over there, utilizes and subs in and out. I think you're going to see a lot of offense-defense subbing with the Oklahoma City Thunder in the playoffs. The problem you have is your best defender is out for the season. Oh, yeah. Which well, that yeah. for depth. And, I mean, the reality is also Mello, while, yes, he conceded to being the number three option, he was – he – the hope was he was going to kind of become what he was with the Olympics, and that just didn't happen. You know, he just, for whatever reason, whether it's a respect thing, whether his, just, his body can't do that anymore, I don't really know. Um, But – just he's you know he was always a great scorer but he was never a great shooter and you know that's kind of where he is at this point he's just he's just another he's just another player to be honest at this point in his career as sad as that sounds and and he's a 25 million dollar player at that and the, the yeah. player that we were talking about ladies and gentlemen that they lost around midseason was Andre Robertson Andre Robertson mm-hmm. was basically the Rajon Rondo from the Boston team. He played all defense, couldn't shoot a lick, but that was enough because you had enough around him that could take care of that. And losing him, I think opponents now score like seven more points a game without him than they did with him, which is ridiculous. He may make the all-NBA defensive team only playing a half a season. Yeah, don't push So. 
All right, so two major things happened in your two favorite sports, well, two of your favorite sports this week. And I don't even know how to deal with it. Conor McGregor, the heck is going on? Really? I, I, I saw he's arrested. Give me, give me some insight here. He's an idiot. He's a rich idiot, but he's an idiot. Um, he was supposed to defend his title. He hasn't defended his title in two years because he went to go box. So eventually they took away the title and had the top two guys fighting for it, except, except that one of the top two guys got injured. Um, we talked in my five minutes last week. I gave props to the, to the champion from the lower class, Max Holloway, who's going to step up, but he couldn't make weight. Um, and he wants his title. So he brought over 20 of his friends from Ireland, and they started throwing crap at the bus at the, at the, at the, bus, at the press conference. I don't really know whether it was a kind of it was a PR thing that kind of went a little bit astray or what, but you know it, it you know Dana White can say whatever he wants, but most people are going to really believe it's you know he's doing this for the attention. So you know that it, and at the end of the day, it's a what do you call it? It's good. It's PR, and there's no such thing as bad PR. So, I think it's interesting that Conor McDavid, Conor McDavid, Conor McGregor, wow, don't confuse Conor McDavid and Conor McGregor. Conor McGregor, so he brought over 20 of his guys, paid for their flights, paid for their hotel. Like, it just seems, yeah, all right, guys, I'm going to pay for you all to come over to New York and beat the crap out of people. Like, that just seems on its face, and I know – you said he's an idiot and a moron, and I like to assume that I'm neither an idiot nor a moron. But how does how does that factor into some person's brain? Let's bring over to – did they rent a private plane, or did they put them all in coach? Like, there's so much thought process going on here as to how you bring over 20 people from Ireland. It's not like you brought them from Staten Island. You brought them from Ireland. But does that seem lunacy to you? Ludicrous? Just a little bit. Just a little bit. I don't know. I don't know. By the way, my gang that that are all behind me, you 20 guys, that my 20 Facebook gang members, because there are 20 of you, we're all going to go to Vegas and crash a boxing match? Oh, I'm sorry. Nope. An MMA match. Because I'm going to pay for you all. We're just going to get on a plane and go. And then we're going to go see Floyd Mayweather supposedly go to the MMA. So first, Mc, first McGregor comes to box, and now Floyd wants to go to the MMA. Is this too perfect to set them up in the MMA octagon? Well, that's what Floyd wants. I mean, he announced it on Showtime. Uh, do you remember he wants when my McGregor? Well, he wants a name, and that's the, that's the name. I mean, do you remember what my interest was in the in, in the boxing match? Yeah, it was zero. So it was zero at the boxing match. It's even less now. I don't like either of them. I don't care about either of them. Conor McGregor has never been an all-time great MMA fighter. Floyd is a great all-time fighter, though not as great as he's made himself out to be. I have no, I had no interest in the boxing match. I have no interest in, I have no interest in either of these people. 
They're both bored. So, so I'd really like to watch the MMA fight. Okay, I'll, I'll tell you flat out. I have interest in it. But I only have interest in it if I can watch it with Nabate eyes. Why? Because he hates them. He hates MMA. But his boy will get the crap knocked out of him. Yeah. He won't be able... Uh, it's not the MMA part. It's the fact that Floyd's going to try and, and jab all around the ring. <laughs> and Connor's going to be like, jab? I'm just going to grab your hand. Like, it's, it, it just seems too perfect to me that Floyd's going to be Floyd and somebody's finally going to shut him up. And I'd like to see that. I think, I think that would make this all sorts of interesting to me. So, uh, you know, we, as Seth said, it's not been the most interesting sports week. And sometimes we have a whole lot to talk about. Last week and this week, not as much to talk about. But I do find it interesting. So I have several nieces and nephews that are much younger, obviously. They're between the ages of 6 and 10. And to each one of them, I find them repeatedly sitting on, on a couch watching YouTube. Now, that's all fine. We all watch YouTube. We all watch video clips and whatnot. No. They actually watch other people playing video games or other people building something or other people playing Minecraft. So that would be like you and me, Seth, sitting like they did in, um, well, it looks like the Mets just got tied up. Oh, no, the Mets just scored. Sorry, 2 nothing Mets. Michael Conforto. Nope, it's Rubel Cabrera. The point is, I don't know how much up to an eSports you are, but it looks like this is taking off and has already took off. So are you familiar at all with eSports? Enough to know I don't care about it. Okay. Enough to know you don't, Why don't you care? Because you just don't like watching other people play. You don't like being no. the, guy that was, the guy that was in swingers that was watching Vince Vaughn play. No, I don't want to watch people play. I want to watch people play real sports. I don't want to watch people play games. Look, I, I don't take away from the talent of the people who who are involved in this. I have no interest in it. I don't care about it. Just as half of them don't have interest in basketball or football. But the idea of sitting and watching someone play video games for three hours, uh is incomprehensible to me. Is it a sport? What is it? Is eSports a sport? You just said you no. you admire the no. talent. It, it's not. Okay. No. So the, the fact that they may have the same uh, eye-hand coordination, because they obviously do have some of that, that a baseball player may have or that a driver on a racetrack may have doesn't make it a sport. No. It's a talent. Okay. It's, it's hand-eye coordination. To me, a sport, you sweat in a sport. And we've talked about what we do. We've defined this before. 
I don't think you play a sport if you don't sweat. And there are sports that I'm very, very on the fence about. Is auto racing one of those? It is, but they all sweat. Yeah, they sweat because it's hot. They don't sweat because they're doing anything. But that's still that's still a mitigating circumstance. <laughs> oh, sir, okay, it's a mitigating. Am I overtired? Did you use so the wrong you, word? No, I guess the point. What I'm saying is, if you put those guys, all these esport players, in a sweat box and let them play a video game, they're going to sweat the same way that a car race driver does. It's Coordination to drive a car. Look, I'm not the world's biggest NASCAR fan. I've been to an event. I don't get it. I mean, but the coordination that it takes to drive 190 miles an hour for three and a half hours, I realize it takes great hand-eye coordination to push buttons. I I have no interest in in eSports. I enjoyed watching my friends play NHL 94 just like everybody else did. But... I, it's not something I'm really overwhelmed with. I'm really concerned myself with at this point. You know, I'm hoping my kid okay. prefers to play sports as opposed to watch them. Well, I think that's something that will be interesting growing up because you and I obviously played both on Atari or Nintendo or Sega or up until PlayStation, but I think we had a good um, – a good middle ground where we also played outside. Some of these kids who are in esports play games, play video games, literally 16 to 8. One of these guys says, anytime I'm awake, I'm playing a video game. Anytime he's awake. Now, to me, that's social awkwardness, and that's okay. You're, you're allowed to be socially awkward. But, wow. I mean, 16 to 18 hours a, a, a day? Like, that just... That makes me really want to cry for their for their childhood. You're, you're preaching here, man. I mean, to me, it's crap. You know, it's just, it's something, you know, it's probably what my parents said to me about Nintendo. And, you know, but at the end of the day, when I was growing up, I played basketball outside. I played pickup football all the time. I played tennis. I played soccer. I ended up relatively well-adjusted. And, you know, to me, sitting in front of a computer, in front of a TV, now, look, I love TV. Anyone who knows me knows that. But I watch it because I don't have the time to play or the people to play with. I don't watch it. I don't watch other – I mean, I watch professionals. I mean, to me, watching video games, good Lord. I, I, I can't imagine anything more dull. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, I will make sure not to invite Seth over to play video games with me one day um, because, well, I only have one controller. So I would eliminate <laughs> that concept all, all in its own right. Okay. So we've gone through esports, and like I said, ladies and gentlemen, this is a very, very rough week. So what we're going to do is we're going to we're going to end a little early. Seth's got a little bit more CPA work to do, and quite frankly, I'm exhausted. I got to get some sleep. So we'll take our last five minutes here, and 
the one thing we have yet to talk about, we did talk about the NHL, we did talk about hockey, but we didn't talk about the tragedy in Humboldt. And Humboldt is a junior hockey league, um, junior hockey league team, and there was a bus crash, and they haven't really reported why the bus did crash. They just say that it did. Fifteen, approximately fifteen players passed away, and it it really shook up all Humboldt in Canada. It shook up the the hockey junior juniors. Uh, Sidney Crosby's writing letters to to the team. They're having vigils and all all that, and uh, hearts and prayers. And you know we say hearts and prayers go out to shooting victims all the time. Blah 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 blah, and. At the end of the day, we should stop saying hearts and prayers when it comes to shooters. We should say go after the shooters or go after the guns, politics aside. But this is absolutely a tragedy, which there's no fault. Right now, I think they were T-boned. I mean, there's no fault. So hearts and prayers go out to them. One more thing before I let Seth finish this off. A very happy Siblings Day to my two brothers, Mitch and Jay. Uh Mitch, the hockey fan, who we probably will have on in the next couple of weeks to discuss the playoffs. Uh, Jay, the hockey fan, but only when they're good fan um, of the Islanders, and Mets and Jets fan when he doesn't have to watch them on TV. So happy Siblings Day to both of them, and Seth, you're up. Well, the biggest sporting event of the day and probably of the week. Well, first of all, we'd also do two things. Number one, we didn't talk about the Masters at all. Which was phenomenal. Oh, that's right. So we don't that's have to right. finish early if you want to keep talking. No, let's keep going. By the way, one more thing. It is it is uh, before uh, I'll let Seth have his five minutes at the end, but we'll talk about the Masters a little bit. Happy National Lawyer Appreciation Day. That is today. Believe it or not, Lawyer Appreciation Day. Seth, I know you appreciate me. Thank you very much for that in advance. But happy Lawyer Appreciation Day. Everybody at work was so appreciative today. I say that in jest. Anyway, I did forget about the Masters because I didn't watch any of it. So perhaps you can you can school me on this. It was pretty damn good. Um, I was working from pretty much noon to about midnight, so I went from English soccer and to to the Masters, where we saw Jordan Spieth make a ridiculous run. You know, when I'm, you know, and Patrick Reed, you know, holds on, wins, you know, Roy McIlroy really chokes again for the second time in a couple of years. You know, the interesting thing you know, is, you, is, is Ricky Fowler to me. This is a guy who's every master, every major is in second or third or he's in the top five. He's never not in the top five, but he has not won one. And I'm just, you know, he's become the Phil Mickelson of 10 years ago, best player to not win a major. But, you know, you've made the top five like 10, 11 times. At some point, you got to win something. So, you know, hoping he pulls one out soon. Tiger wasn't really impactful. It was cool. I mean, there was a couple hole-in-ones. Charlie Hoffman, uh, Jack Nicklaus's son on the, par th- on the, on the Wednesday pre- par, th- par three. You know, it was, it was a re- like, I don't watch a lot of golf. I watch the Masters. I'll kind of watch the U.S. Open while we're barbecuing on Father's Day, because that's typically when it is. And I'll watch, you know, when you get married, there are certain things you kind of, there, there are certain concessions you make. You know, I watch basketball, I watch football, I watch soccer from time to time. 
but I don't really watch baseball until the playoffs. And the idea of watching golf, I think, would make my wife actually divorce me. So you choose your battles. Um, but this one, you know, congrats to Patrick Reed. I think he was, he's one of the, I think, it was 10 majors in a row. It's been a first-time winner or 10 Masters winners in a row. It's been a first-time major winner. So, you know, he continues the trend, and we'll see where it goes. You know, we'll see how, you know, already one of the best players in the world, but we'll see how, how he, how this changes him. Like certain people it's propelled to stardom, and certain people it's kind of brought back to, you know, was it were one, like a Danny Will, it was like a, one, a one-off, never to be heard from again. So we'll see how it plays out. And Tiger made a run, right? I mean, he was involved. Not really. Not, no? Not dominant? But no, I mean I was oh, no. looking he, at the updates tonight. No, he was he was kind of around even par, give or take. Um, never really made a serious run. Mickelson didn't make a run. Um, it was what it, you know was what it was for lack of a better term. It was a um, you know it was really it was McElroy in um, in Reed, and then Spieth came from nine back to tie him on 15 and then had a bogey. Oh, great play. Then had a bogey and that was it. And Reed was able to hold on by one over Fowler and two over Reed or two over uh, Spieth. Wait, so what game are you watching that you just said great play? Uh, so I'm watching the Celtics Washington game. Basketball is easy to leave on while I'm working and hosting a radio show and whatever else I'm doing Fair. on a given day. Fair enough. So I'm watching the, uh, Mets-Marlins game. So that was one of the two biggest things. But the thing that may end up resonating bigger was today in the Champions League. In one of the most ridiculous comebacks probably in the history of soccer. Rome, you know, mighty, mighty Barcelona is up three goals to move on to the semifinals. And Rome comes from nowhere and beats, and beats them three-zip and wins on what's called an away goal. And where you could actually see the stadium rocking in Rome, it was pretty pretty amazing comeback, and Wait, kind of what, throws the what's whole. An away, what's an away goal? Okay, when you have to kind of make scoring more important, so teams aren't playing like real defensive defensive, they invented a concept called away goals. So. When you're in the when you're in the Champions League in the final 16, it's a it's a home game and an away game. So the tiebreaker is if if you have three goals during the, during the, between the two games and I have three goals during the away during the during the these three games during these two games. The tiebreaker is whoever scores a goal away from home, or has the most goals away from home. Oh. So Barcelona beat Rome 4-1 in Barcelona. So giving them a three, goal, a two goal, a four to one lead going to Rome. All they had to do was win by two, was either win by two goals or less, or lose by two goals or less, or lose by three goals but score a goal. So each team would have an away goal. Rome scored right. three. The game ends. The, the, the two, the two game matchup ends four four, but because Rome has the away goal, Rome moves on, and Barcelona is wow. knocked out for. Third or fourth straight year in the quarters. Pretty amazing performance. And they were by far the underdog, right? Rome is the biggest underdog in, in, in the Champions League, I think, right now. 
So they're moving oh. on. Liverpool is moving on. And then there's two more games tomorrow. So uh, Real, Madrid, uh, Real Madrid, Bayern Munich, Seville, and, and Juventus are the four teams playing. So and who, Real Madrid what is your won prediction? the third straight. And if you haven't seen, if you did, did you see the goal by Cristiano Ronaldo last week? Look it up on ESPN. It is one of the greatest goals you will ever see in a game. Hello? Did Sean get so bored about talking on soccer that he that he hung up? Hello? Well, apparently the host got disconnected, so it's just me. Um, I don't know exactly what happened, but I will make fun of him about it at some point. Uh, so we what we got we got the NBA playoffs here. We have Minnesota and Denver playing for one spot tomorrow night. When you were looking going into the into the season, and apparently he's back. Would you have Sean? Um, I transitioned from from the Champions League to uh, to the NBA playoffs. The Minnesota and Denver are playing for one are playing for one spot right now. They play tomorrow yeah. night. Winner in, they're out. How disappointing a season has it been for Minnesota? Denver, I mean, for both teams, to be perfectly honest. When you look in the West, I don't think anybody had New Orleans or Portland or especially Utah above Minnesota or Denver. Utah for, could end up with a three seed without Gordon Hayward. I mean, without, I mean, with a team that has that most casual NBA fans can't name three players on. I'll tell you, as, as mediocre coach as Gwen Snyder was in the in college ranks, he's done an unbelievable job with this team, and probably really should garner some coach of the year, some coach of the year, you know, thoughts. You know, people talk about Philly, and Brett Brown has done a wonderful job, but you have two all stars or two kind of, you know, two real massive major players with Simmons and Embiid. Who the hell does Utah have? Donovan Mitchell's well, a nice player. Gobert is a nice player. But I don't you know, they're in a much okay. tougher conference. Okay. I think you're I think you're underselling Gobert because Gobert is the defensive player of the year. You know, like, very good player. Uh, very good. He he's the equivalent of the Kembe Mutumbo right now. He's a whole he's playing at a Hall of Fame level. So, he, he my best comparison to Rudy Gobert is he's actually a better Dikembe Mutombo. So, that's pretty good. Donovan Mitchell is your Rookie of the Year in all likelihood, except Over Simmons? because Ben, except because Ben Simmons has come on since Joel Embiid's injury. But take away the last twenty games, and if Donovan Mitchell was running away with it before Embiid got hurt. So I, I agree with you. I, I think that Utah is definitely overachieved. But it's not like they don't have talent. They have talent. They have Ricky Rubio. I'm not saying they – look, they don't have Philadelphia talent. I get that. But they do have talent. It, are they the surprise team? Absolutely. You and I both didn't have them in the playoffs. No question about it. And I think the surprise team, to me, even more so, is that New Orleans stayed in the hunt even after Boogie Cousins got hurt, which is just a testament 
to both Drew Holiday, who had an inc- who's having a, an incredible year, and we'll talk about them more next week in our in our NBA playoff preview. And Anthony Davis has just become, some might say, the best player in the NBA. I mean, all around the best player in the NBA. But it was funny if you if you have a chance to look on YouTube, Bojan Matarich. I can't remember. I can't pronounce this guy's last name. The guy that was on Detroit now is on um, now is on the Clippers. Last night was doing a playground thing on Anthony Davis. He's seven foot four. He was holding the ball up, and Davis couldn't even jump high enough to get the ball. It was very, very funny. Anyway, five minutes left, Seth. Please go ahead and appreciate me for National Lawyer Day. Go ahead. When I think of National Lawyer Day, I think of someone who's had more, who's had this significant impact on my life. My biggest supporter, <laughs> my closest friend. My my confidant, the person who and an AK. You know, who short of my wife means more to me than anyone in the world, give or take, and my son. Dad, happy Lawyer Day. <laughs> Look, I knew where that was going. You didn't have to bring that up. I knew where it was going. I think you should call your dad and tell him. My dad is watching my son right now so I can work and host a radio show. He's a bit preoccupied. All right, so you tell him when you get home. Okay. That's the extent of my happy Father's Day, or happy whatever day. (laughs) Okay, ladies and gentlemen, with that, we're going to say have a good week. Next week will be our NBA playoff preview and Seth's return to reality in that the tax season will be over. And I will get my refund. So I am a happy camper nonetheless. So for Seth Gamins, this is Sean Palmer, Seth and Sean Sports. Thanks so much for tuning for tuning in tonight to listen to esports, MMA, and boxing for a whole long time. And uh, next week, I'm, I promise you, it'll be a little bit more interesting to the casual viewer or listener. Have a great night, everybody. Go Matt. Have a good one. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.